Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows firsthand how VR training platforms like ForgeFX can help meet the demand for skilled workers. Anywhere you go look, there's going to be a shortage of welders. VR training can help welding students learn the skills they need to begin and advance in their career. The beauty of virtual reality is it simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Explore more stories like Alex's at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Throw it. Slam. This bugs for you, Mizzou. They are carving up this LSU defense. They don't get no better than that, man. He's lacked up to short middle Beatty with the catch, and he's going to jet his way into the end zone. Missouri touchdown. Hand off to Roundtree running left. It's 35 to the 40. Left sideline around the man. This is the Mazzotcast. Howdy, Tiger fans. Uh, before I get into it, Colin, I just realized we have Larry Roundtree in the intro these days, and it's Larry Roundtree hasn't been on this team for two fucking years, and we're oh, playing no. his fucking clips because they haven't produced enough fucking highlights to replace him in two fucking years. I'm Brendan Anthony, and host of the Mazzotcast. Joining me, as always, is my longtime brother, Colin Anthony. What's up, dum-dums? And in case you hadn't heard... Missouri lost this weekend. Missouri, Missouri, so hard. I mean, if Missouri is an adjective, like say coming, yeah, we Missouri so hard we burst a blood blister in our right eye. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like we we came so hard, Brendan. <laughs> yeah, but it did not feel like coming. Um, <laughs> no, well, I mean the coming is just a euphemism for losing. Okay. Uh, in a creative way. <laughs> so I think we, it says a lot we, about your personality that coming equals losing in your book. Yeah, well, it's um <laughs> I've got a lot of kids. I uh <laughs> anyway. Let's <laughs> spit out my whiskey. Uh, um, go on. <laughs> we we really came hard. So yeah. so hard. We sprayed the hot hobo cum of loss all over the fan base. Hovo come. I didn't think we could Missouri harder than we Missouri when Barry Odom blew it in Kentucky. I didn't know it was possible. Here's the crazy thing to me, Colin, is that this game, fuck, I mean, this game, it, it, I don't even know where to start. There's so many levels to it. I mean, the fact of the matter is that if we had won this game, just I mean, get this out of the way. If we had won it, which we obviously could have done a couple of times, this ship is righted. Like, Drinkwood season is fucking back on the level, right? Like, we've got a winning record. We have a road SEC conference win against an opponent who we're going to be scared of. It's Auburn, right? They're a big program. And we go in there and whip them in a year when we're so far down. Granted, they're a bad team. 
they've righted the ship, you know? And so they literally, they didn't just lose this game in the worst way possible, but they, they utterly altered the course, the trajectory of this season by stripping this win away and taking defeat from the jaws of victory or whatever. It was a massive failure on a million levels. It was. So let's, 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 let's just get into the, um, let's do an autopsy of this hobo orgy. Mm-hmm. of a game. A real soup kitchen. <laughs> Bodily fluid and hair samples, we determined that a bunch of old homeless dudes had an orgy in the car. Oh, God. Yeah. You know what that's called when they do that in there? It's called a soup kitchen. <laughs> uh, first off, for, my first thought is, is Brady Cook is not a Division One quarterback. He hasn't been a Division One quarterback. The first couple of games, you're kind of like, well, maybe he'll find his legs. But no, he's just not good enough. No, because the offensive a- line played better this week you know the offensive line gave him ample opportunities as a fine receivers but he he can't hit them he is inaccurate he throws long he is bad at football if i can get him and cody schrader shit back to division two that make me tickle me to death the crazy thing to me colin is that this was an epic defeat of the kind and for any of you fucking pollyannas and i don't know who you are because no one i know in the real world where i live was happy about this outcome but on twitter there certainly are some of you who are like we're just one win away one and no mentality drink's got this it's not his fault those people which i only see on social media Fuck off, because this was an epic loss that made national news attention. Like, this was a story on SportsCenter about how we lost this game. And the people who saw that story who wouldn't otherwise know about the Missouri Tigers in Oregon or fucking, I don't know, New Hampshire, they had to watch us embarrass ourselves in ways we didn't even know were possible and they didn't even see the part where we fucking got first and goal from the three-yard line and came away with no fucking points. I mean, Colin, we can have a discussion about the decision to go for the field goal later, but like blew that opportunity and then go into overtime, fucking give an offsides penalty to a missed kick so they get another opportunity, give them those points, and then of all things to just fumble into the end zone. <laughs> It was a comedy of errors that, you know, it would, you'd be right in being suspicious that they were throwing the, the fumble into the end zone in overtime, too. I yeah. Mean, you just, it's, it's amazing. And as far as the Pollyannas go, and the only reason you only see them on Twitter is because no one is allowed to have that opinion in real life around real people. Because if they did, they'd be shouted down. It's, a, it's probably always some anonymous, like Mizzou fan 6969 or something, because it's, it's like the same reason like people use anonymous Twitter handles so they can call Princess Diana a whore to her kids on Twitter. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> but they, they do that behind some anonymous Twitter account. Like, I just, I feel like, like if you're going to see Drinkwits, yeah, if you're going to have, make an argument for Drinkwits or Cook or this product in the football field, it better be anonymous because God, you, you wouldn't really want to put your name on that. <laughs> yeah. It's, a, it's such a horrible it's, take. The first thing you basically covered all of them, but the first things first, the offsides on a kick, this is a kick. And so offsides shouldn't even really be a thing because what are the chances you're going to block a kick? This isn't third down where a guy is going to throw a pass to make a conversion. You know, this isn't going to be a run. There's no reason to get a huge jump off the line. Like the, to be offsides on a kick is just penalties in and of themselves seem to inherently say, oh, bad coaching, poor discipline. But to do this on a kick is just embarrassing. So there's three points you just give them. 
That's one of the things that the Pollyannas were defending. They said it wasn't his fault that the players didn't execute and got these penalties. And I'm like, if the discipline did not get a penalty on a kicking play, on an offsides, on a kicking play, isn't reflective of coaching, then nothing is reflective of coaching. It's the most inherently coach-driven mistake. And so it's like, what are you fucking talking about? Of course, this falls back on Drinkwitz. And here's the other thing. We've t- I've talked about from Blue in the Face about the whole – Drinkwitz shtick. You know, he's trying to be glib. He's trying to be funny. And uh, the press is trying to, you know, tap dance for the press a little bit. And it's all well and good when you're winning football games. But when you're losing, you're just like, shut the fuck up, funny man. Win some football games. And this is exactly the way I feel about the thicker kicker. Because it's all fun and games to call a guy the thicker kicker. Boy, isn't that fun? You know, he's got his own nickname, and he's he's bigger than a kicker usually is. And that's the joke, Brennan. Don't you laugh, and I'm laughing. But, it and it's joke. all great. It's all great as long as you're kicking kicks. But when you're not making kicks, when you're losing us the game at Auburn, you're just a fat fuck. You're just a fat, lazy fuck who's too fucking fat to be in shape on a football team. And so now you're not the thicker kicker anymore. You're just a fucking fat failure. So you better start making kicks because I start to feel a lot about the thicker kicker like I am about Drinkwitz, because he's missed three kicks in two games. He fucking lost us the Auburn game. He lost it from 26 yards. 26-yard kick. The thicker kicker can kiss my right nut. I cannot believe you missed a 26. That's the entire reason for you to fucking exist, is to be able to make 26-yard field goal. Oh, my God. Fat fuck. <laughs> well, yeah. Uh, well, and the, the thing is that the, the word was that he didn't take any practice kicks on the sidelines and maybe, I don't know what his routine is. I know that being a place kicker or I'm, being a I'm kicker of any sort involves a lot of sort of a routine and you go through the exact same process every single time, but it, yeah, it seems like guys usually warm up. His routine is eating cake frosting directly from the can. <laughs> it does seem part of the, uh, regimen. I was, I happened to have to be in the car when that happened. And so I was listening to that whole part of the game on the radio. And when I got home, after the game was over, I tried to go back. Big spot for Judge right here. First and second. One man out in the ninth inning. Yankees down by one. Judge has struck out three times tonight and was hit by a pitch. Just outside. Onto YouTube and watch it again. And it wasn't up yet. So I I didn't actually get to see him blow this kick until later in the evening. But to hear Mike Kelly say it, I mean, I was just like, you could hear it in Mike Kelly's voice. I mean, everybody was just like, you've got to be kidding me. We just beat Auburn on the road in Auburn. First time we've ever been here. And we just, I mean, again, we Missouri'd hard. It's an adjective, Missouri'd. I used to push back on that. I used to be like, I don't like that. I don't want people like when people say we Missouri'd because I think it's fucking loser mentality. You know, fuck that. Anything can happen to anybody. Well, I, you know what? I was wrong. We fucking are. We Missouri and we Missouri'd it. We fucking suck. <laughs> I mean, the program has a reputation of this kind of bullshit. And it's, we can't deny that. It just fucking does. And it builds on itself year after fucking year. And I sat and I watched that flea flicker fucking loss to Nebraska from the stands. I saw the band run out thinking that we won that fucking game. Teams don't lose like Missouri fucking loses. And I'm not even, I haven't even brought up the fucking Colorado fifth down game. 
Nobody loses like we do. And the crazy thing is, when we talked about what we just wanted to get something from this game, we didn't see we had to win it. We said we needed to look competitive. And theoretically, we were competitive because we had a similar score to Auburn and we went into overtime. But we were both such fucking trash teams. Auburn sucks. We Auburn is fucking dreadful. If we had an ounce of talent that they could perform on this team, we would have beaten them because Auburn is going to be terrible and Brian Harson is going to get fired. We saved the guy's job. It's unbelievable the way that they lost this game. And we were just saying like, oh, don't get blown out. And we learned that getting blown out isn't the worst of all things. This is. There's other things to be mad about in this game. Obviously, Nate Pete, for some reason, just inches before crossing the goal line, dropping the ball. Yeah. Um, it's just, it's, it's the most, un, it's unfathomable. You know what I mean? Like, how did you, how do we do this? But there are other things that annoy me. You know, the play calling continues to be suspect. Oh my God. You know, how can, how can you have Luther Burton? How can you prop him up as something to, that the whole fan base should be excited about and then have no ability to get him involved in the offense in any way? And, and then two attempts. How often are we going to do short yardage with Sh- Cody Schrader? Or even Nate Pete for that minute. And you've got Michael Cox. And I know Mike Cox was a walk-on. But I've seen him every time somebody tries to tackle him, he drags them for three yards. I understand that everybody loves a good story. You know, oh, look at old Whitey McWhiterson. He finally got his chance. He ran for a touchdown and 75 yards. But what everybody really knows is that if you played him every game for 20 snaps, he would become exposed. And maybe that's what Michael Cox is. He would become exposed if you had to run him all the time. He is not gifted enough to be a Division One caliber starting running back. But what he is able to do is two or three times a game move the pile. But instead, we just we run Cody Schrader into the back of our offensive line for no yardage. Again, I've said it over and over again on this podcast. The personnel decisions on this team make no sense, especially at quarterback and uh, running back. I've never seen a coach lose a fan base as fast as Drinkwitz has lost them this season. And like I said, you win this game. You just boot, you know, putting it on one guy. But yeah, the kicker should have made that kick. If, say, just one thing went right instead of 25 things going wrong, we win this game. And the season is righted. We have one black eye from Kansas State. But other than that, we've already got, we're 1-0 and on the season in the SEC, and we've got a road win under our belt. Well, like, the season is righted. And if any one of those things were to go right, that's where we'd be. This is how one terrible game can just transform an entire season. I just want to see something different. Every time we've seen a game so far, the outcome of the game has been ugly. And you just want to look for signs of improvement, signs of life, something to be positive about. And every game is more misery-inducing than the last. I mean, if there's an upside, the defense played well. Hopper is a legit starting – I mean, he's going to be an NFL linebacker, my opinion. Man, this is just hard to – this team is unlikable, you know what I mean, beyond just being bad. You know what I mean? I shouldn't – I don't know. There's no upside. The first step on the road to history. And there's a strike from Crow. And the righty deals. Missed outside. One and one. You know what I mean? There's no part of this team that I go, man, I can hang my hat on that. The only really thing you could hang your hat on was the thicker kicker. Yeah. And, you know, and now he's just a fat fucking failure. Uh, you know, hopefully he'll <laughs> cease to be that uh, soon enough. But that's what he is today. 
you know, and people were saying, hey, he shouldn't have just ran out the clock and let the thicker kicker have the kick. And I, I understood that, though. I mean, like, you've got this kicker who's supposed yeah. to be all world. You know, it made sense. I wasn't mad at the time. Well, like, yeah, I think it's worth I mean, talking about me, the decision. Part of me was like, why don't we just run Michael Cox a couple times right up the gut and just see if you can punch it in. And if you can't, then you kick the field goal. So that's what I would have done. Because I just want to see the, you know, Michael Cox goal line short yardage. I would have like, why not? You know, or he didn't have to be Michael Cox. Run Pete. One of them. Just, you know, take a couple cracks at it. Whatever you want to do. But I understood it. I'm like, hey, you're on the road. It's an SEC road opponent. You're in Auburn. Take your points and get the fuck out of town. Go. Take your win and be happy to have it. Like you said, Brendan, now the, the ship has been righted. Your record is exactly what everyone would have predicted it was going to be at this point in the season anyway. You know, just despite how those games looked, your record is what it should be. And then, you know, we, we miss a kick, but you know, a lot of people are mad about Drinkwitz about that decision. And I agree with it. It's super conservative, but I also understood it. Uh, Power Mizzou was been fighting that battle the last couple of days about they They came before the kick was even you know, attempted. They said, this is the right call right now. If you don't think so, you don't understand football, basically. And said, you know, obviously. The oh, kick, that seems way too condescending. To be well, I, I, may be, Mizzou would I, say. I may be pushed on the gas a little. It may have been not quite as abrupt as, you know, <laughs> you don't understand football. But they were saying this was the right play. Two and one on number 99. And Crow deals upstairs three and one. Well, we told you Crow's a little wild. Three infielders on the left side for Judge, and here's the 3-1. And, you know, people were pushing back, especially after obviously missing the kick, and then some people were defending it. And I honestly, I think a case could be made either way. I think it's fair to say that you could give a good argument for what Drinkwitz did, and you could also give a good – I mean, I'm with you. I would have tried to punch it in because at the end of the day, part of me looks at it and says – are we here to fucking play football or are we not here to play fucking football? Let's get a fucking touchdown. You know, like I don't think you're wrong headed for saying, have your dick out and say, let's get a fucking touchdown here. It's three fucking yards. I believe in my goddamn team. Let's fucking do this. I think that is also an acceptable way to have approached this drink, which chose the way that, you know, you wear a dress when you make this decision. But <laughs> sometimes you, sometimes Colin, you got to wear a dress. And it just didn't work out because fuck, God hates yeah. us. Yeah, yeah, it's everything's the worst. We can't have anything nice. And the talk I don't, of, anything else we want to say about this game well, before we move on? I mean, one thing it, I want to, yeah, I think, I mean, I do want to bring up one thing. It's that uh, a lot of talk is like, well, Luther Burton's going to transfer or so says we're going to lose half the team because things are different now. We live in a new college football world where it is easy to transfer out and change teams and get in a portal. Do you think people are just, you know, the sky is falling or do you think there's a legitimate chance that you can tank a season so severely in this day and age where your team fucking ghosts you the next season? I think, I think what Luther Burden is, is a super hot girl and, and Mizzou's a guy who knows he's out kicked his coverage. And so everybody's super nervous. Like, when is she going to figure out she can do better than me? <laughs> um, yeah. And You're I, an insecure I, nerds. Yeah, we've been conditioned to be so, but I don't necessarily think that it's realistic. Certainly, I could be wrong, but I don't think Luther Burden is going to transfer out for one season. I don't think the losses anyway would be the reason. Honestly, if if Luther Burden does transfer out, it won't be because we lost football games. It's because Drinkwitz managed to get him almost zero touches in these games. 
I think that will, that'll piss him off. I mean, if I'm not to say that Luther Burden doesn't care about winning football games, but I think he's played enough football to know that at some point things will probably turn around with enough talent and, you know, as long, and he wants to be the guy and he can certainly be the guy at Mizzou. You know, I think kind of like this fan base with Drinkwitz, I think you're going to get one more season. I think if you're Luther Burden, hopefully whatever happens this season, he'll probably be back next season on the promise of Sam Horn and, and the running back that's sitting on the bench currently and a bunch of other players that are supposed to be developing into, you know, players that are above Mizzou's pay grade, you might say. But I, I was talking to a guy today, and boy, take this with a gigantic grain of salt, because how the fuck would he know? But he was saying how the four-star running back, Tavares Jones on the bench, and this guy says that Tavares Jones, at least in practice, looks better than everybody else. And like everything Drinkwitz is doing, you know, his kid should be playing above whoever they're playing. Now, this is bullshit from a person who doesn't know anything. But the only reason I've been giving it any credence at all is because it sounds like Drinkwitz's M.O. Let's take a highly recruited football player and let him eat pine. So uh-huh. we can play Brady fucking Cook. Hey, Brandon, you know Brady Cook was from St. Louis, and he really loves Mizzou, and he's always wanted to come here? We should definitely forgive him being terrible at playing quarterback because well, of all those things. Colin, by that logic, I could have been, I should have been quarterback at Mizzou. You know what I mean? I grew up <laughs> in the middle of Missouri, and I've always wanted to be a Mizzou quarterback. Now I never played the position. Yeah, I, I tell you what, the I'm still holding on to Drinkwitz by a thread. Uh, Twink Caleb, whom I talked to today, is ready to push uh, Drinkwitz into a rocket ship and shoot that rocket ship directly into the sun. But I'm still hanging on by a thread to Drinkwitz. But I'm telling you who. I have cut all ties with, and that is fucking Brady Cook. And it's not Brady Cook's fault he's terrible. It's it's Drinkwitz's fault for continuing to play. Let's not forget how last season unfolded. Basilak fell apart game after game. The longer that season went on, the more hurt he was. He was injured. But also just his ability to do anything on the fucking football field had degraded beyond the point that he should be replaced. And Drinkwitz continued to march him out week after week. We have seen this before and it doesn't make any sense. And to me, it seems absolutely nutless to just close your eyes and go with the decision you made early in the season and not let how the season unfolds impact you in any way. It just seems utterly nutless. I just imagine trying to sell that Sam Horn isn't ready while you're letting this guy play quarterback. So anyway, we should move on. Brandon. Yeah, we should probably take our first break. And uh, anyway, we were unhappy about the way the game unfolded. This is the Mazodcast. Hey guys, Mazodcast is now on Patreon. For as little as $3 a month, you can join our Patreon page and get extra content from the guys, outtakes from the show, and any insider news that we have, we provide it there first. It doesn't cost much and your support helps the show. Join the Mazodcast Patreon and be part of the team. Here are our secrets. are back. Colin, we were unhappy about the way the Mizzou game went, but the listeners had their thoughts too, so why don't we get into the mailbag? 
now. I'm kind of nervous to do this, to be honest. Let's do it. Here's the mail. It never fails. It makes me want to wag my tail. When it comes, I want to wail. We're not dead yet. I'm shocked. Shit, we might have an actual offense for once. Okay. Okay. So, oh boy. So, early. Yeah. Early. This is where I remind everyone that we play these chronologically. So this is early in the game. Hey boys, we just tied this thing up. I mean, we got plenty of time to shit down our leg, but, uh, we did. Hey, drinks called a much better game so far <laughs> in the first half. I don't think they've ran a screenplay at fucking all, which is about 99.7% of his offense the last several weeks. So that's a plus. And the O line's playing a little bit better. Yeah, give Nathaniel Pete the fucking ball drink. God, it kinda hurts it kinda hurts to know where these poor fans are headed. You know what I mean? They have yeah. so much hope in their heart. He's right. The the line did play better. The line didn't play great, but it did play better. Afternoon shite bags. Once again, Kevin from Kirkwood and what the hell did I just watch? Did we just look competent on offense? <sighs> did we just make third down stops? I mean, I know this program has problems. It's got about as many issues as the National Geographic, but symbol play. Are we okay? I'm not. I don't know what to believe. All right, hot garbage. MIT. Hot, hot garbage. Let's go. <laughs> Again, so much hope. What's up, boys? Good first half. Decent first half. Whatever you want to say. But I just gotta say, ESPN's trolling us, right? Breaking into the goddamn Jayhawk game, showing us that score all the damn time. That's ridiculous. M-I-Z. Speaking of breaking into things, Colin, how long before we get a, a voicemail about the Aaron Judge component where he kept breaking into the ESPN footage of the Mizzou game so we could all watch if Aaron Judge struck out or whether he hits the 61st fucking home run? I mean, if we wanted to watch that fucking game, we'd be watching that fucking game. Quit cutting in with Aaron fucking Judge. Yeah, that was strange. The Missouri Tigers can't do much, but they can get coaches fired. Oh, no. Luther Burden plays Sam Horn, M-I-Z. Yeah. Oh, sweet child of summer. <laughs> the winter is on the horizon. That's right. Oh, oh that's right. Yeah. I mean, this is what I'm saying. Just kick that fucking field goal. And the ship is righted. I mean, righted the ship. You were so close. So fucking close. Hey, what's no. up, you fucking idiot? So I turned the game off. Now it's tied up. So, uh, I ain't fucking watching no more. Uh, just calling to let you know, I found a wasp nest in my fucking fence row. Um, uh, <laughs> I'm gonna drink about half a pint of whiskey and fucking hit it with a baseball bat. So if I don't make it out, uh, go fuck yourself. Uh, that's all I got. Super fan fill out. Love you, bye. Weird. <laughs> yeah, Phil's, uh, Phil's an interesting fella. Let's, let's be honest. He's not gonna hit with a hammer. He's going to stick his penis in it. <laughs> that's right. That's right. You read between the lines when Phil calls. Hey, fans, so we're going to pull you away from the football game, so we've been watching it and emotionally invested in, so we can take a look at little Ricky Nelson coming after that. He's an all-star on the first go. grade t-ball team. We're going to see if he can make history by not pissing himself as he tries to take a couple of swings here. We also have a 16-year-old babysitter online, in case you want to hear about how he inspired, was inspired by her. Don't worry about the game you're watching. I know you'd rather be watching this than the scheduled football game you're expecting to fucking see today. Thanks, ESPN. M-I-Z. <laughs> ESPN's the worst. Yeah. I guess they do market research and I'm the anomaly, but I want to see highlights on ESPN. I don't want to, I don't care anything about how, what Scott Van Pelt feels about any of those highlights. They usually just show you the scores of the game. And now it's the human interest pieces, Brennan. I mean, I cannot tell you how many people I've seen with ALS and wheelchairs 
who are in some way tangentially related to sports that ESPN wants me to look at <laughs> and feel sad about right. every fucking week. And I'm just like, this is depressing as shit. Why would anyone want to watch this? Uh, uh, yeah, <laughs> and well, and more related to the actual game we were watching, we, nobody cares about Aaron Judge and the Yankees, you know? I mean, that game is available to you if you wanted to watch it, but you're watching a different thing here. So, fuck it. Do you think it's going to make anyone happy? I mean, I can't imagine Auburn fans were happy that they were watching fucking Aaron Judge at bats. Well, don't worry. After they get done with showing you Aaron Judge's at bats, they'll show you some kid who was born without eyes who loves volleyball. <laughs> Yeah, well, tugging at the heartstrings. It's what keeps the Olympics afloat. Now, let me tell you something, especially about the Winter Olympics. If your kid is in toboggan, there's no reason to ever feel sorry for him because only rich people toboggan. <laughs> That's right. And I also sometimes wonder, like, when you're the fastest runner in the world and you can run, you know, the 100-meter dash faster than anyone in the world, everybody knows who you are. You are legit. But when you're like, I don't know, the bronze medalist for a toboggan rider, how many, you know, out of what, eight? Like how many toboggan riders are there in the world? So I don't know. It's just slightly less impressive somehow. I just, every time I see like, I see uh, some human interest story on the Olympics about somebody on the luge. I'm like, fuck that person. They have (laughs) enough money that they could practice the luge. (laughs) That's right. The luge was an option for them. Yeah. Let me tell you, most people... Most people, what kind of cross-country skier would Michael Jordan have made? A great one, I'm sure. <laughs> I'm sure, but that probably wasn't in his particular deck of no, cards. probably wasn't in the cards for him. Yeah, that <laughs> is a level of uh, attainment that I'm not familiar with or don't even know anybody like. I mean, you know, Winter on. games are just, they ought to just call it like rich people doing silly shit. Yeah. For some reason, tennis is viewed as a la-di-da sport when all you really need to do is buy a $15 racket at Walmart and you're a tennis player. But like, uh, where are you going to lose, man? <laughs> like, you've got to be a luge family and I never met any. I digress. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Voicemails. What's up, gang? Carolina Jackpot checking in with you. Fourth quarter, you guys are tied with Auburn. Hanging tough, hanging tough. Beat those sorry motherfuckers. I can't fucking stand them. And you know what? You know they suck dick because they're riding the damn two-game losing streak to the Gamecocks. Anyway, right now, Clemson losing the fucking Wake Forest. I love it. I love it. I want some fucking more of it. And um, are you guys noticing that during every big play of every fucking game that's going on right now, that Aaron Judge has to come up the fucking bat? I mean, like, baseball only exists right now because it's history and it's fucking tradition. And it ain't like somebody hit 61 fucking home runs before. I mean, damn Mark McGuire and them some bitches was doing it over 20 years ago. That's this shit. He's damn hot garbage. Hot, hot garbage. garbage. I don't want to see any more of the fucking suck dick Yankees, but I do want to see Mizzou pound that fucking ass. So get this damn win, M-I-Z-Z-O, me and you. I mean, I, I, I can't tell you how much I appreciate the call from Carolina Jackpot and uh, the optimism it shows and the excitement. But uh, it hurts to hear, you know, after the fact. Boys, we got two teams that just really want to win this ball game or just plain <laughs> fucking suck. I'm not sure which one. Well, I do know which one, but let's go Tigers. M-I-Z. These <laughs> are actually good voicemails tonight. Brady Cook is fucking terrible. Yeah, I mean, that's kind of pithy analysis we need. Yeah, I was starting to feel like maybe I was been too hard on Brady Cook after last week's game. I was like, you know what? Like, 
Toski Dove should have caught that pass in the end zone. That certainly would have made things look better. And, you know, it's not all him. And then I watched this game. I'm like, no, he's Colin, you're, you're right. He, you're, he's terrible. And you don't need to be ashamed to say it. He's fucking terrible. Okay. So at this point, I think I want to say there's like eight, it just went to commercial, but I want to say there's like eight minutes left in the fourth. Brady Cook just overthrew his receiver for the fucking, 30th time this game. I don't know. This is painful to watch. I will say Auburn sucks, but I'm, I've been impressed with Blake Baker's defensive unit. But other than that, there's there's been no positive on offense. Got a really bad feeling that Mizzou is going to lose. But anyways, I might be. The profit. It's not a feeling. It's called intuition. Yep. Nostradamus in black and gold. All right, boys. I'm officially off the Drinkwitz bandwagon. This is fucking you got the game on the line, and you run twice and throw a fucking screen. Are you kidding me? Jesus! It's getting worse, guys. It gets worse. All right, boys. I'm about to hop back on that drink with the bandwagon, <laughs> but I still don't like that you're playing for the field goal here. There's one second left here. I'm getting ready to watch this shit and fucking have a heart attack, but you get the ball at the three-yard line. I think you punch them in the fucking mouth and make a statement! I want that guy coaching, you know? Mm-hmm. I want the guy who's going to die at age 53 in a golden corral from a steak he shouldn't have eaten, you know, on a pile of steaks he shouldn't have eaten. <laughs> That's the guy, the guy that gets really red in the face when he yells at his team and wears a yeah. jacket that's wearing that weird kind of shiny satin material. That's the kind of coach I want, not a guy who's a pragmatist. I know. I feel like we have so much in common with the people of Ukraine right now. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, God, that, is their plight as fans. bad? I don't know. I don't think the Ukrainians might feel bad. sorry for us, Colin. I'll be honest. Yeah, you're right. At this point, we get a fucking big play down to the fucking three yard line, and then Mevis, money fucking Mevis, the thicker fucking kicker, misses a goddamn chip shot to win the fucking game. Has got to be the most. Hot fucking garbage. Hot garbage. Hobo cum guzzling fucking Mizzou shit I've ever fucking seen. Hobo cum. Holy shit. Fucking hot dog water. Hot dog water. God damn it. You betcha. M-I-Z. I got bad news though, buddy. It's going to get worse. Yeah. Believe it or not, <laughs> it gets worse. This is the most fucking Mizzou way to lose a game. That fuck kicker don't want to warm up. Need to get the jersey size, two sizes bigger. Misses it. Confirm fucking fumble. We lose the ball game. And it's not on drink. It's on fucking Mizzou. On the fucking players. Way to go. Well, I take well, a, he, I he d- does, disagree I mean, with you a little bit there. I'm not going to, I'm not going to say that it's, that uh, drink doesn't have to wear this some, but that, that, he, that caller makes a good point. I mean, dr- <laughs> Drinkwitz didn't drop the football six inches before crossing the fucking plane. Drinkwist didn't kick that kick. Drinkwist didn't jump off sides. Now, he did coach the I mean, the offsides is a little more on coaching than the other two things, but I mean, it's, the, strength, the sad thing is, is Pete is the best. I like Pete. He had a great game otherwise. Yeah, he just plays for Mizzou, and so he's got a black curse on his head, and so the ball slipped from his fingers inches from, uh, from crossing the plane. That's just the way it is. Colin, I'm calling that witch again this weekend. That's the midweek show I'm calling. You didn't her. want no part of us, Brennan, and she was right to not. Well, I'm going to try her again. I mean, I'm going to call her back, and she may shut us down again. But Well, you know what, Brennan? If she'll do it, you'd be a hero to Mizzou fans everywhere. 
Yeah, I, I well, I know. I, you know, and I don't throw that around lightly, but yes, of course, I would be a hero. But it's a long shot. We, like I said, we, she did shut us down before when we asked her to do the impossible and uncurse the uh, north end zone. She heard what that was about and said, no, it's out of my pay grade. So I feel like this is an even bigger ask. We're not defining the curse just to one end zone. We're just saying scrub this team of its sickness. We want drink without. I said we want drink without. We want drink without. I said we want drink without. So that's one segment of the fan base. What the hell did Mizzou do to Jesus Christ to fucking hate us this bad? <laughs> I, I don't even know what to say. M-I-Z. It is crazy the emotional turn this game took on us. And you can hear it in these voicemails. What's up, gang? Carolina Jackpot again. I'm fucking sorry. That was... <laughs> God dang, man. I, that, that just hurts my fucking heart. It really does. It's just piss-poor coaching. Piss-poor coaching. Piss-poor decisions. What the fuck was that shit at the end of regulation? Why not try to score a fucking touchdown? What the fuck? There ain't nobody. I, I don't give a damn if it's the sicker kicker. By the way, he's gotten fucking huge, hasn't he? <laughs> I'm a big boy, so I'm not trying to shut that down. I think he's done snuff a couple of boxes. Yeah, he's a sloppy fat buck now. Cakes, but fuck. I mean, ain't nobody <laughs> that down automatic. Jackpot's I mean, lines going. And then that young man in overtime, I mean, why, why was he carrying the ball like that? I mean, he didn't have to do that shit. He didn't have to do that. Mm-hmm. He he out of fucking first down. I mean, get out of fucking bounds. What the fuck is wrong with people? <laughs> I know. God Almighty, God Almighty. Well, anyway, uh, that I I feel for you because I've seen our team do some fucking stupid ass shit to piss away some damn games we should have won as well. But um, I mean, fucking hung in there, covered the number. You you, you played better than I think a lot of people thought you would, especially defensively. So you got some shit to build on. Hold mm. your damn heads up high, god dang it, if that's fucking possible. Fuck, I'm sorry. M-I-Z. Ugh. D-O-U. Oof. Yeah. It was an ended on an upbeat note, honestly. <laughs> yeah, Caroline Jackpot, the voice of reason. Yeah, how about that? I think people were trying online to like sort of play it down like it was just one game, but... This, you know, the games that feel like more than that, and this was that. Well, like I said, we still talk about the Kentucky game, yeah, because it was such a violent prison rape to the soul, and uh, this this is right up here. You know, this is this is this is a prison rape. This is a gangbang. This is a violent act of sexual deviancy. That's what this game was. Ow! Ah! Oh, you shot myself in the fucking butt. <laughs> <laughs> I like that one. I like that. I like that. The only if there is one upside to the way that the season's gone and how just the worst case scenario everything it's been, it's that the voicemails get pretty weird and I like it. Yeah. No, it's good. They're good. Tears for lubricant. It's that time. Tears for lubricant. <laughs> like I said, weird. There is no fucking way Mizzou is not fucking cursed, dude. The ending of that fucking game is the most fucking cursed shit I think I've ever goddamn seen in my entire goddamn life. Seriously? How the fuck does Drinkwitz not tell fucking me this? Dude, get your fat ass up and take the fucking warm-up kick. He thinks he's fucking hot as shit. He's missed fucking three out of his last four goddamn kicks and he thinks he can fucking make a fucking... 20-yarder? Obviously fucking not. We, this game shouldn't even been fucking overtime. 
Because me and the thing didn't want, didn't want to get his fucking fat ass up to take some goddamn practice kicks. Fuck me, this you fucking fat ass. I'm so sick of this shit, dude. <laughs> Mizzou is fucking cursed. I'm convinced of it. Nathaniel Pete, get your bitch ass off the team. Why the fuck are you trying to stretch the goddamn ball over the goal line? Take your ass out of bounds. Hey, we got a first down. You don't need to fucking be a hero and score right fucking now. <laughs> I'm gonna go fucking. I'm gonna go down to the corner store and fucking get fucking shit-faced so I never remember this goddamn game ever again. Fuck me. <laughs> Fuck. Good calls. Fuck. Good calls tonight. Yeah. Homo come. Homo come. Fuck you, drinker. <laughs> Fuck you, Pete. Fuck you, fat-ass me with your fucking piece of shit. Fat fuck. <laughs> God! <laughs> Colin, I almost didn't play this one because it was over a minute and a half long, and we have so many voicemails after this game. But I'm so glad I did. Yeah, I am too. <laughs> we can't endorse all of it, but sure. That was the most Missouriest of Missouri games in the history of Missouri. MIZ. Just when you think Mizzou can't devastate you any more than this, this happened. Oh my! I don't cry very often, but damn, this game makes you want to cry. So bad. Just so damn painful. Why, why, why? Why, why do we root for this team? It's, I, it's searching for answers. Searching for answers. I can't raise these boys, Colin, to be Mizzou fans. I still have time to go back. <laughs> they're, mm-hmm. they're a month old. Pick a, I mean, pick another team, Brianna. Just be, I know that Alabama probably has a lot of podcasts, but, yeah. you know, maybe we can break in as, as an Alabama podcast. How nice would it be to raise your sons as Alabama fans? Yeah, well, I mean, it sounds pretty easy. Yeah. Let's, let's do on it. Why didn't I go to a different school? Yeah, there we go. <laughs> what did we do to offend God that he must punish us in these ways? That, that's about yeah. all I have to say. Like, why? Just why? 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 <laughs> Why indeed? What's up, you fucking idiot? So I've been cursed with just shit, absolute bullshit, horse shit, motherfucking sports teams, basically my entire fucking life. A decade of Flyers fucking hockey since 2017. Goddamn, the Eagles won the Super Bowl, whatever fucking year it was. I don't even give a fine fuck. It's bullshit, dude. The Sixers fuck me every fucking year. The fucking Phillies fuck me. The Eagles fuck me. The Flyers fuck me. This goddamn football team fucked me. Dear Jesus, thank you for fucking making whiskey so I can fucking drink because I hate my fucking life. God damn it. God fucking damn it. Fuck Pete. Motherfucker ought to ride the fucking bench. Fucking garbage, man. Fucking garbage. Fuck. I'll say this uh, as a Chiefs fan. Like, the Philadelphia won a Super Bowl not that long ago. You know, we had to wait 50 years, so the Eagles aren't fucking that hard. <laughs> I just feel like Phil needs to, uh, I worry about Phil. He needs to go to a park once in a while and just, like, feed some ducks or, <laughs> you know what yeah. I mean? Like, read a book. And not, like, and not like roofing screws or whatever, you know I mean? Like, sheet metal screws, you know? Like, feed him actual food. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> yeah, because yeah. he started to, like, get, get unhinged at the end, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that one might be on me. I was watching it with someone that's not a Mizzou fan, and I brought up a, another kick that we might have lost the game on right before Harrison, our golden child, kicked that. So, yeah, that's on me. That's on me. I jinxed the fuck out of it. The football gods are real, and I, I spat in their face. We can't have anything nice. 
I have abandoned the Christian God. We move on to a different pantheon now. It's getting us at a spiritual level. Yeah, I know. Everybody's like, well, can't root for Jesus anymore because he's putting me through this. <laughs> Man, heartbreaking loss for this team. Uh, it's an extremely frustrating way to lose, but i got to give it to them. At the end of the day, we are where we thought we would be with a loss to K-State and probably to Auburn. Uh, we were hoping to steal one of those games, but we didn't. So we'll just have to do it next time we don't play Georgia. It's a heartbreaking loss for this team. But, hey, at least we hung in there, fought to the end. Like, Auburn knows what really fucking happened today. Go Tigers. Wow. Yeah. That guy's got some optimism left. I appreciate his uh, his uh, ability to uh, stay positive. Yeah, I, I mean, I think it's ill-placed because I do think he, he makes a good point in that at the end of the day, our record is not terribly different than what a lot of people predicted it would be. But what it doesn't take into account is that context does matter and the way that we are losing these football games and the ineptitude and the decision-making that should be quite easy. And any time a coach is fired, this kind of thing happens where people just talk for decades about why didn't he take that quarterback out? You know, like why did he not throw to his wide receiver? He's making epic mistakes right now. And that stings and that it doesn't matter what their end record is, even if it's close to what expectations were. People are going to remember these moments and these sorts of terrible decisions. Yeah, one of the worst games I have ever seen. Ineptitude, slurry from the Alabama province plains. The fumble at the end of the end zone, the thicker kicker dicker missing the fucking kick. Just inept. Everything, everything was just laughably shit. And just, yeah, I mean, the worst thing is, is I don't think that Missouri is the worst team in the SEC. I think they're the joint worst team in the SEC with Auburn. Both sides are like hot garbage. Drop a deuce on someone's face. Not even a fun golden trowel, like a golden shower with a UTI that makes you come out with spots, allegedly, because I've obviously never had one. But fuck my life. What a bunch of cunts. You know, it's. I think it's probably been about 25 minutes or so since the game's been over, and what the fuck was that? That was the most Mizzou loss I have ever seen in my 19 years of watching this university sports teams, man. I don't even want to go to the game next week. I have tickets, and I don't even want to go. I am sick and fucking tired of being Missouri. We are a goddamn embarrassment 365 days out of the year. Fire everybody from the fucking BOC down to the towel boys. Fucking clown show. Nonstop. I'm out. See, here's what I think people aren't taking into consideration. Sure, today's game was maddening, infuriating, disheartening, depressing, but following the team is way cheaper than paying a dominator to kick me in the balls every week. Later, guys, MIZ. <laughs> he's true. He's, he's right. When, he's right. when you're right, you're right. Glass half full kind of outlook. Just got done with the end of that game, still kind of wandering around in shock. Just to shoot yourself in the dick, not once, but twice, to shoot yourself right in the fucking scrotum, and then pull the fucking... Pull it back again. Shoot yourself again right in the fucking cock. There's just, <laughs> there's just not enough alcohol. I think we sh- shot ourselves in the groin three times, Colin. I think the missed kick, 
the uh, offsides penalty and the fumble in the end zone. I think those three dick. Those are dick punches. Those are dick punches. What's up, you fucking idiots? It's uh, youth consultant Connor here, and uh, I'm fucking done, dude. You know, like this shit isn't getting better. Everything just keeps getting worse. That is one of the most miserable fucking football games I've ever seen, and Auburn fucking sucks. We should have won that shit, and it's fucking pathetic. I'm done with drink, and you know it's not going to get better, because it never gets better. It's just the same shit year in and year out. And I'm young enough, I can still jump ship. So I'm transferring Roll Tide. <laughs> no. I don't blame him. I do not mm. blame him. Think about how much better his life is going to be yeah. as as a, as an Alabama fan. As, as much as it's going to pain us to see you go. You know, suffering as a Mizzou fan builds character or something. Yeah. What some people would say, but I'm like, I just, I'd rather just not have any character and root for Alabama. Yeah. No, we're like an old Disney movie. As much as we want to yell, come back, Connor, come back. We know the right thing for you is to let you go, you know? Yeah. So go, son. Young man's got to find his own way in life. Run, son. Run. Go. Get away from this. Don't, don't, don't let what happened to us happen to you. Find a better way. (laughs) Hey, guys. Jeff over in Boonville. Just want to say, I'm not even mad. I'm not mad. If I had to sum up how I feel in one word, I'd say I'm fine. Everything, everything's fine. I'm fine. Fine. I do fandom. It's fine. My life. It's fine. Everything is, everything's fine. There are, it seems to be a lot of people not fine though, uh, on Twitter and on the message board. It's like, that's right. Just fucking buck up. You're Missouri athletic fans. Have you not been a Missouri athletic fan your whole fucking life? Just sit back. Watch the athletics. Whether it be football, basketball, baseball, just sit back. Eat your shit. And be humbled. <laughs> That's right. Let a dominatrix put on her high heels and stomp on your bag. It's just <laughs> part of the experience, guys. Embrace it. You knew what you signed up for when you walked in this door. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't right. national championships. <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean? Uh, yeah, like, you're, yeah. You're, you're into things that you know, they don't talk about on television. <laughs> That's right. Looks like I'm in the market for a new college uh, sports program so that the police don't come and charge me with child abuse for trying to have my son be a Mizzou fan. Anything has to be better. Anything. Literally anything. And I don't want him to go through life just being a sad, angry, angry person the way that I do with my small, tiny dick. Yeah, small pickle just, syndrome. I, having Real. a tiny dick in a bad college football team is, might be the worst thing in the world. <laughs> Hot garbage. Hot garbage. M-I-Z. We're telling a lot of truths here tonight. Mm-hmm. I think we knew it was going to be dark, Colin. Yep. <sighs> it's. I mean, what is, it's just a sad, sad state of affairs. It's a, it's a. We're all in this together. That's the one thing that we can all take. We can commiserate with each other. Like I said, Brennan, I think uh, I've been sort of uh, neglectful of my duties because I really wanted to draw our secondary logo. You know, like Auburn has War Eagle. I really want to get something made up of that eight-year-old boy crying at his first Mizzou game, mm-hmm. our second logo, you know, and then we need to, of course, I think we should probably leave it to the fans to figure out, instead of, we're not going to say War Eagle, but when we have that picture of that little boy crying his eyes out, mm-hmm. watching this team play football for, it was dad spent money, took him to his first game, and it just ripped his goddamn heart out for the very first time, the first of many times, if he's going to be a lifelong Mizzou fan. Mm-hmm. But once I have that little boy drawn, and we you've put it through the computer yeah. and colored it and, and made him into uh, our second logo, yeah. we need a we need a, a mantra. You know, we need something to be able to cheer it when we get him out. 
Yeah, we we do. You know, I think I suggested just screaming. crushing the feet or something yeah, like yeah, that. Like or... Screaming broken dreams, but no, I, I, <laughs> I think broken dreams is pretty good, really. Yeah. But we'll we'll let people come up with choices. Nah, yeah, I don't know. I mean, yeah, it's it, I want something to convey something that like what a kid also felt like on like nine eleven. Yeah, yeah. I I just want to be able. You know how they at Auburn games they have a a, a falconer. Or what do you call the equivalent of that? An eagler, I suppose. <laughs> an eagler, have a, yeah, eagler. And uh, the guy, eagle just flies around, you know, and the, all the crowd gets all amped up. You know, it'd be nice to be able to bring a, a, a very sad eight-year-old boy out and just kind of have him run around the 50 crying. Mm-hmm. Everybody just be cheering, broken dreams, yeah, broken dreams, or whatever we come up with. Sure, <laughs> sure. But yeah, it's a it's a solid start. You know, it's not a. I'm not leaving we you get with it. T-shirts made, you know, yeah. crying boy. Yeah. You know, I want, yeah, Mizzou, raw, something like that. You know, Colin. Given my current, you know, my new situation, I do feel like if there was some way in this just this general mascots motif that there was a father in the background that just sort of had like a a look of sort of remorse and just sort of self loathing for for doing this to his son. You know, I don't know how you express yeah. that in a logo per se, but uh, you know, that, that, lo- that, that that kind of I feel like goes without saying a little bit. I don't want yeah. it to become redundant. You don't want to gild a lily. Yeah, exactly. I don't want this logo to become something, you know, too cluttered. Sure, sure. But I just when I see when I think of that mascot, maybe this is the depth of the logo and why it is so good and so particularly driven towards Mizzou. It makes me feel for that father, that unseen father that uh, that knows it pains him so to see his son in such a way. But also the self hatred for knowing that he did this to. It's like son. a Sophie's Choice kind of thing. Yeah, you know, he's choosing for his child to suffer. Yeah. Really? Yeah, and I think that takes us to around the horn with the SEC. We we break our bread at Waffle House. Our teams are pretty good. We even play some basketball when Jesus says we should. So pour a little bourbon and repeat right after me. We built a church for Saturdays and called it SEC. football. All right, Colin, the fine butt. Let's do it. Alabama, Alabama, Nick Saban. All right, Paul, thanks for joining us. Thank you, Mizzou Cast Podcast. You know, we do the around the horn with the SEC. It is interesting what's happening around the league, but it takes some of the wind out of you, doesn't it? Whenever you know that you're just not a factor, you know, none of this. These yep. are all what the big boys are doing, and you're just in the back of the pack sniffing their asses. Obviously, this is a week where when I watched the slate of games, I thought, we can compete in this conference. Nobody looked like a world beater this weekend. No, that's and right. Uh, the SEC looks down. It looks like a year that a good Missouri team could have capitalized. Exactly. So the first game we have on the docket is just a snoozer, obviously. Number one, Georgia played Kent State. It was actually kind of close for a little while. Georgia did not run away with it. Ultimately, they did on the scoreboard 39 to 22. But Kent State looked respectable against what is obviously a very, very good Georgia football team. Georgia fans are probably calling their podcast right now, bemoaning, you know, that Georgia didn't completely annihilate Kent State in a way that you would have expected. But uh, to those fans in Georgia, I'd say, fuck off, you could be Mizzou fans. Yeah. You know what I mean? Appreciate your appreciate where you're at. 
I feel like I could say that to almost any fan base. Fuck off, you're not Mizzou fans. Speaking of a a program that uh, is better than Mizzou, Alabama took on Vanderbilt. So this was a conference game, sort of, although uh, Alabama obviously ran away with it. 55-3. to (laughs) Vanderbilt got a field goal and prevented the dicking. I'm honestly surprised. You know, I I thought um, they beat them worse than I expected them to. Well, I'm the, I think the line on this, we were joking about it. it, was a 40-point line for a conference game. And you think, good Lord, you know, that is such a huge line. And you think about what NFL lines look like. And they more than covered it. I mean, Alabama's good, and Vanderbilt is pretty bad. I guess that's all. Yeah, I think I, I said last you, week, I was like, I would be surprised if Saban, like, takes his foot off the gas. I don't agree. That's the reason I wouldn't bet this, but. So, number eight, Kentucky had a uh, matchup against Northern Illinois. And, again, this was closer than maybe you would have expected. Kentucky has been lauded as being really good this year. They won 31-23 to over Northern Illinois, which, that's a touchdown. You, you know, and a touchdown and a two-point conversion, you're tied with this, right? Like, it's not a huge win. No. Like I said, nobody this week was like, you're just like, hey, if we you know beat Auburn, could get a little momentum going, like, Maybe we could turn this thing around. You know, maybe this, there's two reasons I, I'm skeptical about a turnaround. And, and those two reasons are Drinkowitz and Cook. We're not going to win games with Cook at quarterback. And Drink is either going to come to that realization or he's not. He doesn't seem to want to back off this Cook thing. I, I would take, I know Jack Abraham immediately threw 75 interceptions the moment he got on the field, but I'm ready to see anybody else. This was a, a matchup I think people were interested in. Arkansas took on Texas A&M. Arkansas is number 10 in the country. A&M 23. It was at A&M. And this one, I think uh, I'm, a little, I'm losing steam on this Arkansas team. I mean, Texas A&M won the game 23-21. to 21. Arkansas missed a field goal in a very Mizzou-like way to uh, not go- get the go-ahead winning field goal. So they blew it, basically. And, you know, combine this with the Missouri State game last weekend. What's going on in Arkansas? I don't know. But uh, I saw that uh, the fire Barry Odom train is starting to fire up again. You know, it's a train we've ridden. Yeah, sure. I've seen that. I've seen that it's a train uh, to nowhere. Yeah, I've seen the Arkansas fans shoving a lot of coal into that engine trying to get that train to go. Because Sam Pittman still has the uh, still enjoying his honeymoon, and so of course everybody else is head, heads to the block first. Sam Pittman is even close to a hot seat or anything like that, not even close. But somebody has to pay when you underachieve, and uh, this year, if Arkansas continues to sort of underachieve, I could see that person having to fall on that sword, be Barry Odom. Yeah, his name gets called a lot during these Arkansas broadcasts. He's highly featured as, you know, a key factor in this uh, Sam Pittman team. You know, he relies heavily on this defense. And I don't think people are thrilled with what they're seeing so far. Another top 25 matchup in conference. Tennessee played Florida at Knoxville. Tennessee won this one 38 to 33 over Florida. Tennessee is obviously, I think Tennessee might be top three, you know, right behind Georgia and Alabama in this league. No, I don't know. I haven't seen them play enough. That was a closer game than I actually expected to be. I kind of thought they would give Florida more than that, but I think Florida came out of the gate slow. But they should be a team that has talent. It was a good game compared to what we've been talking about so far. You know, I think in a game like this, Tennessee is the better team, but it's a tough conference matchup and it's a tough divisional matchup. So it's one that you have to have, and it's one they had marked on their calendar. So it's a big win for Tennessee, even if it is not a runaway. Number 16, Ole Miss, continues its streak of playing just fucking nobody. Tulsa 
This is another game. Ole Miss did not play that great. They won 35-27 to over Tulsa. The league was down this week. If we had no, just had a, such a Mizzou-esque game, I might feel better about the season at this point. One team you can just sort of check off the list of doing what they're supposed to do is uh, Mississippi State, who uh, defeated Bowling Green University 45-14. to So that's just kind of the score that you're hoping to see. The same goes for LSU, who took on New Mexico and dicked them 38 to nothing. Congrats, LSU. You can beat bad teams. That's a big thing in this conference this year. And then... Finally, South Carolina beat Charlotte 56-20. to So uh, I think that for South Carolina, a team that's in a similar situation to Mizzou, just not very good this year. And just another conference team that we ought to be able to take advantage of. They at least took care of business against inferior opponent in Charlotte. That's, uh, that's everything for week four in the SEC. Coming up... There's more conference games. Ole Miss will take on Kentucky. This is in Oxford. So, uh, you know, number seven in the country now, Kentucky, on the road to number 14, Ole Miss. This will be Ole Miss's first big game. You know, first, first, certainly first game against a ranked opponent. Obviously, it's first conference game. So, uh, well, I guess we'll see what Lane Kiffin's got, right? Yeah, because I don't think anybody knows for sure at this point. And, then, and I don't think anybody's completely convinced on Kentucky yet either. So it'll be, it'll be a, a game that says a lot about Either or both teams. It'll be one you have to. Everybody's going to have to watch. Florida is no longer ranked. They're taking on Eastern Washington. This should be sort of a get healthy game for Florida after losing to Tennessee last week. Then South Carolina will be uh, playing South Carolina State, so they're getting away with another early victory, hopefully. And again, a South Carolina team that needs as many wins as they can collect. Then Arkansas, number 20, will be hosting number two, Alabama. I mean, from what I've seen of Arkansas the last two weeks and from what I've seen of Alabama, it will be a bloodletting of hog blood. (laughs) (laughs) And it needs to be. You know what I mean? I want Sam Pittman uh, to suffer a bit. Not sure why. Mostly just because he's enjoying more success than us. Well, I think Arkansas fans are particularly Sure. Well, and Arkansas fans are just fucking terrible. And it, you know. I want them to suffer, and if it means Sam Pittman has to has to go down, then so be it. Mississippi State, still unranked, is taking on number 17, Texas A&M, who just squeaked by Arkansas, or basically Arkansas gave them the win with the missed field goal. Auburn takes on LSU. I think LSU isn't a great football team this year, but they should have no problem with Auburn. Auburn is as bad as the likes of Missouri and a deeper insult I can't think of this season. Yeah, they should have lost on two separate occasions on Saturday. It, it is complete and total shit house luck or lack thereof on Mizzou's part that they won that game. No one in that locker room or on that coaching staff should take any pride in that victory. <laughs> no, I think they know. It does put uh, Harson in a weird position because I, why they hung on to this guy this season, I don't know. Because he had he was a fucking dead man walking walking on the campus this season, as far as I'm concerned. And what he yeah. went through, he should have just told them to go fucking pound sand. Anyway, it's just prolonging the inevitable. This should have been one of those games Missouri hangs their hat on and firing opponents' coaches. But no, we don't even get that anymore. Those sort of things you cling to. Yeah, small potatoes, things you cling to when you can't have confidence or national championships or even win a division. The small kindnesses that, that, that sort of help us get through a Mizzou season. We can't even, can't even get those anymore. No. And then the University of Missouri will be playing, number one, Georgia at home. So it's a home game. So that should really give Missouri an advantage. Yeah. Yeah, that home crowd. 
that uh, that'll do it. That, yeah. That's going to put us over this top winner. Well, and that is the thing about the way we lost this weekend is because everybody knows that we're just walking into a just wall of cannon fire this weekend, and it's going to be bad. And it's mm-hmm. what already is a down fan base. And frankly, I think it has to be a down locker room. This is a fucking gut punch. And to get followed up with another shot from Georgia, it's it ain't good for Drinkwood's tenure. Nope. But uh, that's what. That's what we got next week. I, I don't know. Just going into this Georgia game, we know what's going to happen. It's a foregone conclusion. It's not even going to hurt. It hurts, but it doesn't hurt. Yeah, it's not going to hurt like this week did. Right. No, this was an acute pain. All right, Colin. Uh, it's been a miserable week here in Missouri, but might as well look westward and see what's happening in Kansas news. Well, I was heard there were three kinds of suns in Kansas. Sunshine. Sunflowers sons of bitches. This is Kansas News. All right, the first story. This is a follow-up story, Colin. Obviously, we've been tracking the exploits of the Kansas man who was performing hundreds of illegal autopsies on Kansans. He's been sentenced, finally. His court case has come to an end. Kansas man accused of performing more than 350 illegal autopsies and bilking clients out of more than $1.1 million was sentenced in federal court this week after pleading guilty to account of wire fraud. Officials say the man posed as a pathologist despite not being licensed and having no formal training. We've talked about this guy so much. I feel like he's part of the show like a youth consultant Connor or super fan Phil. Not on the show, but definitely somebody who listens to the show or aware of. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's what this guy, like how many times have we talked about this guy doing illegal autopsies? Yeah. Um, he, well, I think and how many times we referenced that it's got to be a sex thing. <laughs> That's right. Every single time. And he's been through this before and he's got out and he's back all doing his autopsies. Like he can't stop looking at dead bodies and obviously having sex with them. I could appreciate his passion. CNN has reported that Sean Lynn Parcells, 42 of Topeka, was sentenced to five years and nine months after pleading guilty to one count of wire fraud connected to performing an illegal autopsy. The U.S. Department of Justice said Parcell used his business, National Autopsy Services, to obtain fees from more than 350 clients for a total amount of $1,166,000, the DOJ said Monday. Yeah, I think when we the first time we read about this one guy, part of the fun was that the people, were, how ridiculously the autopsies were and how the, like they were just ridiculously, like they didn't make any sense and the uh, strange titles, I don't know, it just, you know, it became very apparent this guy wasn't a uh, doctor uh, who was performing these autopsies very quickly after reading his autopsy reports, mostly because they're written in crayon mm-hmm. <laughs> or human. That's right. And just the erection, you know, that must've been ever present, <laughs> ever present. When they, and then you start talking about a dead body, this guy gets harder than Japanese geometry. <laughs> Kansas man finds a mythical looking ax with a root for a handle in his front yard. Matthew Decker had just gotten back from the store with his wife when he did. This is news, Brennan. This is news. (laughs) It's it's mythical. Uh, When he discovered an object stuck in the mud that looked like it was plucked right out of a Marvel universe. There had been heavy rain and a windstorm, so the couple were racing to get inside their terrible mobile Kansas home. I believe the word you're looking for, Brennan, is 
Hovel. Yes, and this is not reported, but just what must be just a horrid, horrid trailer home. Uh, that, <laughs> that Decker spotted a peculiar-looking axe in his front yard. We jumped out, and I, I gave it a good few kicks and uncovered more root. Then I grabbed it and gave it a strong bend and snap. There it was, Decker told NPR. I took it inside, gave it a wash, and held it up to the light with wide eyes. I had never done anything like this before. I was astonished. If you're wondering if this axe with a root for a handle has any special powers, uh, why would you assume so? None have yet been found. But Decker said when he first held the axe, it just had a magical feel to it. What kind of reporting is this? I don't know. I, how did they even know? about this how, do you, how does one even find out that a guy found an axe in his yard and then decide to make a story about it so it says decker placed the axe in his closet for a good week before deciding the image of his newfound item had to be shared he took a photo of the axe and posted it on reddit where it shot to the top of the front page the attention it's getting i would have never expected i never had a post go viral before so i was taken aback why i don't guess i get the whole why who cares NASA scientists visit Kansas Farm on information-seeking mission. Oh, I hope they were wearing protective gear. Mm-hmm. Of all the folks that might visit his Kansas Farm, Ray Flickner probably never figured a group from the nation's space agency would be among them. Yet there they were, a small group of NASA scientists pulling up in SUVs to quiz Phil Flickner about his farm just west of Mount Ridge, Kansas. But then I can only assume that NASA's there to simulate what it'll be like to live on the surface of the moon. Like just a lifeless, barren hellscape. Yes, exactly. And that's, they're just, just like, hey, you know what? Let's, let's uh, go to Kansas so we can you know, condition our uh, astronauts for what they can expect when they go to these, you know, say Mars. Yeah, these inhospitable conditions. If they can survive Kansas. The Mars sure. is a picnic. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. send me to yeah. Mars, please. Continue reading, but I, I feel like I already know what the, where this is going. In these parts, Flickner is pretty well known. He's a fifth-generation owner and operator of what is known as the Flickner Innovation Farm. But is this right? NASA? Spacesuits and rocket ships? Well, NASA does some great things in space, said Brad Doom, the program manager of the agency's Agriculture and Water Resource Program, which is part of the Earth Sciences Division. But NASA also spends a lot of time providing information about Earth. And we have an agriculture program. Dorn was among five scientists who came to Flickner's team in late August to better understand the challenges farmers face living in a horrific hellscape. I still don't feel like I know what, why NASA is there. I, again, I assume it's because it's uh, the closest thing you can do to simulate the moon on the planet Earth. But. Yeah, we want to learn the decisions they're facing, the technologies they're working with, so we can better acclimate to those challenges. You've never seen an ox pull a plow before? <laughs> this is NASA. Come on, guys. That's right. You haven't seen a man, woman, and his dirty, dirty children pulling potatoes sadly out of the ground? <laughs> yeah. By hand, showing them <laughs> one another every time one of them's slightly large. No one that, Kansas wife to another saying, like, look at these potatoes. They remind me of my husband's balls. The other wife says, why? Because they're that big. And the other woman goes, no, because they're that dirty. <laughs> yep. And so, NASA, save yourself a trip. That's what you're getting yourself into. <laughs> yeah. During the visit, Flickner's grandsons, Owen, age eight, and Miles, five, shut up wearing shirts that read NASA across the chest, eager to meet the group that had come to their grandpa's farm. Owen proudly proclaimed he wanted to be a NASA engineer one day. The boys left with shiny NASA pins and a backpack full of other gifts. To which the NASA scientists laughed hardly, knowing that 
the boys would be lucky to be fry cooks. <laughs> well, to be fair to those boys, you're you're not losing much. I mean, these guys who are visiting Kansas for NASA's agriculture program, let's just say like no kid ever dressed up as the agriculture engineer for Halloween. No, it's the astronauts getting all the pussy. That's right. Colin, we keep mentioning this Kansas team is looking sadly better than our Mizzou Tigers. This weekend, the Jayhawks took on Duke of the ACC, and uh, it was close, but Kansas pulls out another win, 35-27 to over Duke. Now with a Power 5 win under their belt, Kansas continues to rack up Ws. Yeah, this has got to be like equal their winning total for the last like, three seasons combined. Yeah, it's it's amazing. It's and it just is salt in the wound to what we're seeing on the field in Columbia. Yeah, it's like because you know Kansas doesn't have near you know the talent on their roster that we do probably right now, and somehow their coaching staff is figuring it out. Yeah, yeah. Well, next week they're taking on Iowa State, who is three and one currently, but their wins were well. He's got they have one win over the Iowa Hawkeyes, so and then they lost this week against Baylor, so. Three and one Cyclones taking on the Jayhawks, who amazingly are four and zero on the season. Must be nice. Now it's time for Kirk Farmer's hair player of the game. Colin, who do you name in well, a game like this? Like, how do you go? Like again, I talked to Twink Caleb today, and I think he was a. Uh, he's like he, you know, talks about Hopper the defense. I think love it again. We, this offense doesn't have very many big plays, but when we have one, especially through the air, one guy's name's usually attached to it. His name's Dominic Lovett. Two seconds of enormous fuck-ups kept us from saying, obviously, it would have been Nate Pete. You know, he had a tremendous game, and if he would have capped it off with a touchdown there or even just gotten out of bounds, I think he would have been the guy. You know, instead, he's the, he's just... Well, you certainly can't give it to him now. I don't care how good his game was. You know no, what I mean? Like I, he, oh, absolutely not. He's gone completely the other direction. That's what I'm saying, but... It would have been him. That's I mean, that's how everything turned on that play. No, that's right. He has he had a good game until he lost it. <laughs> that's right. Anyway, love it. Sure. Well, I was going to name. I think this is maybe unconventional, but Aaron Judge, just what he's accomplished, and sure. uh, during the Tigers game, he was such a vital part of it. I, I can appreciate that, but I'm still going to go with love it. Okay. Well, we'll give give it to Dominic Lovett, and then congratulations, you are the Kirk Farmer's hair player of the game. And now, Colin, I don't know where we're going to go with this, but uh, who you got for the TJ Mo? Dude of the week. Well, Brendan, I have somebody that I could recommend, and that's Danny Cannell. Oh, yeah. And well, Danny Cannell is sort of like, I don't know, the Barrett Sally of the, what, the uh, ACC or no, it's what is he always? I think he is. Uh, I think he was Florida State guy, right? Yeah. Anyway, he's always bemoaning the SEC and their perceived self importance. Yeah. yeah, whatever you want to call it. But Cannell. Uh, on CBS Sports, posted his top 12 in college football. And this is how Cannell has it listed. Georgia's in the top spot, followed by Ohio State, Clemson, Alabama, and USC. He then has Tennessee at number six, followed by Michigan, Kansas, Florida State, and Penn State. Kansas, Brennan. Yeah. In the top 10. In the country. I understand that they have not top 10 of the, not of the Big 12 Conference. No. I just saw it on Twitter. You know, the, of course, people were losing their minds, and, and not just about Kansas. I mean, it's it's an asinine list, but Kansas—they've won four games, and all of them have been more or less cupcakes. Uh, but that's enough for uh, Danny Cannell. But I mean, if you've ever followed this guy on Twitter, he's a, a lunatic and an idiot, and he makes Barrett Sally seem like he knows something about college football. So, I mean, take it with a grain of salt, but it definitely makes him a douche. 
I have no qualms about uh, naming Danny Cannell a douche of the week. I'm surprised he even works for CBS anymore. He's kind of got his profile sort of like is one of those. He reminds me of Jason Whitlock in that he used to be like his profile used to be a lot higher. And he just keeps saying more and more stupid things that are so dumb that he just keeps sort of getting kicked down the yeah. the uh, college football. Like He's eating away at his credibility. Chart. Yeah. yeah, exactly. And at some point, he's just going to be doing college football hot takes on the blaze. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Okay. Let's call him Deuce of the Week. Do the week. Okay, Colin. So it is the Georgia game coming up, and I don't know. I just, you know, we're going to get slaughtered. There's nothing to be taken from it, right? You just take your fucking medicine and move on to the next week. I mean, I, I guess the only thing that can be taken from it is like if you have a good showing. I mean, everybody expects you to just be massacred. I think there's two options or three total. First option is massacre, complete bloodletting. Second option is you're competitive. Maybe tantalize fans back into having some optimism. Uh, that would be a very Missouri thing to do. And then you could win, which is something Missouri has never done, at least not in my living memory, where they just completely pick off somebody they shouldn't. No, they um, don't do that. But let's say they, they – they, but they could win and, and completely change the trajectory of their season and, and really Drinkwitz's career because you talk about yeah. a signature win. Yeah, that's but right. Likely, the, uh, likelihood low minuscule but you know what i mean here's an opportunity mm -hmm. beat the number one team in the nation in your conference and beat them at home that would be a statement game so three options most likely where you should put your money complete bloodletting mm -hmm. and then competitive game you know let's say there's a 18 and a half percent chance of that happening and then 0.000.1 percent chance of a, of a mizzou win so <laughs> them's your odds so there's an opportunity for something positive to happen. It's just it's extremely unlikely. Yeah, and then I don't think you really lose that much after you get your bloodletting either because it's something everyone expected. So it's not like it changes your yeah. profile any. You just got to move on to Florida and the swamp the next week. <laughs> I feel like as far as from the coaching staff's perspective goes, this is a pretty low-pressure week, and nobody expects you to win. Don't get if hurt. You get, don't get hurt. Yeah, if you, if you get destroyed – Obviously, everybody expects that. And uh, if you don't get destroyed, you know, there's really, unless you have injuries, there's no, there's nothing that can come from this week but something positive. Either net zero gain or you get something out of it. But there's no situation unless you get injuries that you're like, oh, this is bad for us. So you just got to take your medicine. Just take your codeine syrup and put your head to pillow. <laughs> That's right. Swallow it down. It doesn't matter how nasty it takes. That's right. Get on that purple drink, Bob. <laughs> Here's to surviving. If you're still out there, Mizzou fans, M-I-Z. Z-O-U. Everything's the worst. We can't have anything nice. Get on that purple drink, Bob. <laughs>